I was watching Ben Chilwell pull his hamstring and then carry to the tunnel and he was practically dead. Yeah, she's when he had passed away. Like that, that word was used. Oh, it's, a, it's a tragedy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode. We're turning our attention to Premier League football. Liverpool narrowly beat Spurs yesterday. And to talk about it, we're joined on the line by Liverpool broadcaster and journalist Gareth Roberts. Gareth, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Morning, gents. Yeah, much better after that yesterday. Good yeah, win. Yeah, tell us about it. What, what was the genesis of the win? Apart from Mo Salah being back to being Mo Salah, what else is going on that is allowing Liverpool now to uh, win games against good sides anyway? Yeah, I mean, it's back-to-back wins against two good sides, as you say. And I think Liverpool's mentality looks a lot better now. They look a lot less fragile. And and the big thing for me against Spurs was was starting fast. Um, obviously, there's been this unwanted stat of conceding the first goal. I think it was eight consecutive matches. At one point, they were going with conceding the first goal. This time, it was Liverpool on the front foot from the get-go. Um, you know, the, the testing the goalkeeper after two minutes with that shot by Nunes, uh, which was a great effort and a good save from Lloris. And, you know, and, and the 1-0 up after 11 minutes and, and, you know, the pattern of play was set early. You could see that Liverpool were were confident, were, were, were going at Spurs. You know, they weren't sitting in there and saying, you come at us. It was the other way around. And I think to go to a side that's in the top four currently, that's always one of the most difficult games of the season in a brilliant stadium and everything else on the telly, the big match of the day and all that kind of thing. To go there and put on that performance and win the game was absolutely huge. And obviously, second half, um, things turned on their heads. I think Liverpool had around 60% possession first half. That totally turned on its head and it was Spurs with 60% or thereabouts second half. And, and you know, even that though, I've, I've seen that spun already as well. Spurs should have got something out of the game and maybe they should. They had some great chances. They obviously hit the woodwork a couple of times. But for Liverpool to dig in and show that character and for Eds not to go down and to come out of it with three points was absolutely huge for me because you look at the table now, Liverpool are eighth in the league, seven points behind Spurs in fourth with a game in hand. If if we turn that on its head and say, well, what would have happened if Liverpool had lost there? Well, he would have been 11th in the league and it would have been a 13-point gap between the sides. So it was absolutely huge for Liverpool to go there and win. And I think they had to win. It wasn't just about going there and getting a draw, avoiding defeat. It was go there and win. And that was the mentality of the side, I thought, from the very first whistle. And that was huge. Does yesterday not underline that it's the mentality that is the big issue for Liverpool? Because, yes, yesterday was, as you say, they they really dug in and showed a huge amount and showed their quality as well in the first half, like they did against Napoli, like they did against Ajax, like they did against Manchester City. But in between that... They're beaten by Nottingham Forest and Leeds United. That the big there's no question that Liverpool at their best are still are probably not far off their very best of recent seasons, but they just can't seem to get there on a consistent basis. And, yeah, and how it. does how does he fix that considering it is only a week since they lost the Leeds? Yeah, that is the problem, isn't it? And that is the thing that's got everyone scratching their head, really. And I think it's lots of factors rather than one. Um, we've talked about them many times on here, but in terms of seeing a different Liverpool now and an improving Liverpool. I think Canate at the back makes a huge difference. I thought he was the the best player on the pitch yesterday for Liverpool. Um, You know, he's winning the ball back more than any player on the pitch there yesterday. He's winning all his aerial duels. And, you know, you're not pushing him off the ball. He's got a confidence about him. And I think when he's in the back four, he makes a big difference. And you look at last season, obviously there are other centre-back options. But in the big games, 
Klopp was picking Canate, and so he's been a big miss for Liverpool. And he makes he makes more he makes Liverpool more resilient at the back. And I thought, you know, we, I've come on here lots of times and talked about Fabinho as well, and and it's been a big conversation in the Liverpool fan base all season about his dip in form, and you know. People are talking about it. he's gone. You know, you, we're not getting the old Fabinho back and, and things like that. I think that's a little bit dramatic. And for me, against Napoli and again tonight, I think you're starting to see some, you know, green shoots of recovery with him as well. I thought he was much better yesterday. Off, offered, you know, the screen that we know he can provide. Played played much better than he has done in recent weeks. So all of these things count. All of these things matter. And I just think, you know, they just needed to get some confidence back for me. I, I mean, I, I can't pinpoint, you know, without going into great depth, why it is that, you know, the, the show and this inconsistency. It's all the things we've said over and over. It's injuries. It, it's, it's, you know, sitting on the hands in the transfer window and things like that. And then all of those things collect, you know, it's the short pre-season. It's the, it's the 63 games last season. It's all of these things together rather than being one thing. It's been this sort of perfect storm. Of, of situations altogether. Because even yesterday, you know, it ends up being a close game. And, and you know, Spurs, I, I've seen what Spurs fans are saying about it and they're saying, well, we deserve something from the game and Liverpool aren't all that. But, you know, if we had Diaz yesterday, for instance, if we had Jota yesterday, for instance, they would have had a lot of fun. Certainly Diaz down that left side, you would imagine, would have had a lot of fun in that game. So they, they remain big misses for Liverpool. And for me, it was getting through and winning this game. We've got to do the same against Southampton. We've got a League Cup game sandwiched in between on Wednesday night, but you imagine he'll pick quite a young side for that. So go and beat Southampton on Saturday. And then we've got the World Cup to 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 reset, to have a break, to see where we're all at. Um, and then, you know, n- not long after that, Liverpool can hopefully go and dip into the transfer market. I mean, you know, January can be strange at times, but I'd like to think Liverpool have got some plans around it, certainly to bring some reinforcements in the midfield. Because, you know, you look at yesterday, again, got, you know, just banging on for a moment about injuries. Naby Keita's picked up another one. And it's like, you know, supposedly he was getting closer to being available. He's picked up another injury. And you know, I make that being 18 injuries since the 18-19 season, more than any other player on the books. And when you think about why he was signed and what he was meant to do and what he can do and what he is capable of, by the way, you know, again, that's a big miss in Liverpool's midfield. You know, Naby Keita at his very best can dictate games, can win games, can can set up, you know, a lot of attack and play for Liverpool. I, I remember him being brilliant away to Manchester United uh, when, you know, when we beat them 5-0 at Old Trafford. So he's capable, but he's not capable when he's injured. And look, it's not his fault and everything else. But, you know, when people talk about numbers of Liverpool's squad, there are a lot of players that they can't rely on. And, and you know, the, 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 the remains a big job to be done in, in midfield for Liverpool because you've got Keita leaving, you've got Oxlade-Chamberlain leaving, you've got Milner leaving. Well, I'm saying leaving, but they're all out of contract in the summer is what I mean. And I think all of them will likely leave. So there's, there's work for Liverpool to, to be doing there in terms of the midfield. The thing about Klopp and the seven-year itch, I never quite bought it. It doesn't feel like he's in any way detached or no. less energetic or... You know, thinking about this and like even even going to the diamond with the two lads up front together, um, which is seems as getting the best out of both of them at the moment. Um, that's not the type of thing that like I don't maybe, maybe if you're in your last chance saloon, you're like, oh yeah, okay, screw it, we'll try the diamond, and then it starts to work three or four weeks in a row, and you're like, okay, yeah, this is something interesting, it's a wrinkle here. But I, it it seems like he's engaging his giant football brain and everybody on the staffs 
to try and rescue the situation they find themselves in. And like that, that must be uh, a challenge that he really enjoys and, and wants to see through. Um, so that that bit never struck me as, as ringing true. Um, was there any concern among Liverpool fans that that was something that that is kind of this is the start of some breakup between the manager and the club? I mean, I did see some Liverpool fans talking about that, some people saying that, um, some people comparing it to sort of, you know, his last season at Dortmund and that and that kind of thing. It wasn't for me, really. I, I didn't see it either. Um, what, what I like about Jürgen Klopp and always I've liked about Jürgen Klopp is that when Liverpool are written off in any way, he seems to use that as a source of, source of motivation. You think about when he first arrived and quite quickly... You got Liverpool sort of punching above where they were at at the time. Um, and, you know, OK, this side is now very different and we've got world-class stars right through the side and right through the squad. So, you know, t- to say we're sort of some kind of plucky underdog would be pushing it. But what we are is a side that's, you know, started the season very badly. And so that means that, you know, a lot of pundits, a lot of fans are, are now writing Liverpool off and saying they've got no chance of anything. And I, I think, you know, he will use that as as fuel internally, both for himself and for the squads. And I think you can see that already. I think a lot of people were looking at yesterday saying, well, this is a real opportunity for Spurs to, to lay a glove on Liverpool. They've not had the, the best record against Liverpool over the years. Um, and, and, you know, it was turned on its head and it was Liverpool that started faster. It was Liverpool that came out the blocks. So, you know, something's gone on behind the scenes, clearly, hasn't it? You know, you can imagine the conversations that have likely gone on. And it seems that, once again, he's engendered a collective spirit where they're able to go out and get a result. It was the same against Napoli. And hopefully now we're on a run. I mean, you know, all the all the... All the questions came afterwards, both for Klopp and for the players, about, you know, is this the result that really lights the fire under Liverpool's season and stuff like that? And obviously that was played down because no one can know really what's around the corner. But you'd like to think so, wouldn't you, I would say. I mean, you know, as I said, we've got the League Cup game midweek. Um, I, I, I don't think we can pay too much attention to that because of what the team's likely going to be. Um, but at the weekend, Southampton, again, it's absolutely huge. And look, you know, we're, we're in a situation where they're likely going to lose their manager today by the looks of things. Sometimes that, that can spare a, a reaction from the side, can't it? So, you know, th- there is a little bit of danger there for Liverpool. But equally, they should be looking at it, looking at where Southampton are in the league, looking at their problems and saying, get out there Saturday, put a good result on the board, score a few goals and let's say to the rest of the league, we haven't given up yet. And I think they, they did that yesterday. Like I say, you know, if you think think about the alternative scenario where Liverpool lost yesterday, then we would all be talking very differently now. Liverpool would be in 11th place in the table. You would be saying that is a long way up now to get to top four. Whereas now, you know, we've reined Spurs back We've moved a little bit closer to them, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it's looking gettable again if Liverpool can get on a run. So yeah, I think um, I, I was never worried about sort of you know the Klopp's going to walk away or Klopp's lost it or any of these kind of things. I just said, like I said before, I, I think if you calmly look at the situation, you look at the injuries and everything else, you can you can see why it hasn't quite worked this season. But now for me, you know, there are things to be getting excited about, you know. There was already, you know, Nunes was written off after a handful of games, it felt to me, including by some Liverpool fans. He's fascinating you know, to watch, isn't he? It, like, he watching is, him yesterday, he? He, was, he was arguably the best player on the pitch. He was unbelievably good. Yet at the same yeah. time, 
if he was just a little bit better, Liverpool probably would have won the game 4-0. Like, his close control, his first touch is as good as it gets, but his second touch is woeful. So he'll bring the ball down perfectly, and then the second he has to think about it, the ball's five yards away from him. But the little bit of chaos he brings into it, and... And also, actually, it does look as though he's developing, like the the layoff for Salah for the goal. Yeah. He he he, he well, now he, seems yeah. to be looking up and going. Actually, there's a simple pass on here. I'll do that. Like he, I'd be shocked if he doesn't somehow score a goal that's goal of the season between now and the end of the season. hundred uh, percent. But at the same time, he's, I don't know if he's going to score if he's going to score fifteen goals, which Premier League goals will probably need him to do. Yeah, I mean that that that's the thing with him, isn't it? I think he's he's very likable as a fan because you can see absolutely every bit of effort is going into into the game, and that's first and foremost what you want to see as a supporter. So we see him chasing back, you know, sprinting back at times to to help in defence. And you know, you seen him yesterday, you know, challenging for those couple of headers, um, and, and you know, wildly so at times. You know, the, there is there is a bit of the dog in him. Uh, which is enjoyable to watch. And, you know, he's got to sort of stay the right side of the line. And obviously he's already been sent off for Liverpool and people are saying, well, I think we'll probably see another red card. But I'm with you in that equally. I think he's 100% got a goal of the season in him. I love the way he took that that early chance after two minutes. It was a great effort on the run. We saw something similar to that against West Ham at home as well. Both times the keeper make, the keepers are making really good saves. But he, he's really unpredictable, isn't he? You don't know what you're going to get from one minute to the next. And, and while you know you can bemoan that a little bit and you can say at times his touch isn't the best and he doesn't, he maybe doesn't make the right decision. I always think. How do you set up to defend against Darwin Nunes then? You know, if you're the centre-half or if you're the full-back, because he was drifting out to the wings, wasn't he? You know, what? how do you prepare for it? You know, if you're given video clips by your team and you sat at home with your brew watching them, you must be thinking, well, I don't, I don't know what this lad's going to do next. And that, that to me is a good thing. I mean, you, you use the word chaos and I think that's absolutely bang on for Darwin Nunes. He creates chaos. He, he, he creates anarchy around around defences and he will score goals for Liverpool will, it be, will he score enough well we, we can only only time will tell but I think already and you referenced it I think already you can see he's getting better he's settling down he doesn't look like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders There's a lot of smiling going on mm. when, when, he, when he's playing the game and you know little little points at his teammates and, and our teammates putting arms around him and all that kind of thing yeah. so it feels like there's been a big collective efforts at Liverpool to make him fit in. We know that he's he's not up to speed with the language and things like that. But it's not all about the language, is it? You know, and and, and I think it looks like everyone is doing the best to, to try and get the best out of him and equally he's doing his best to to save Liverpool. Okay, good stuff. Thanks a minute for joining us this morning. Cheers. Cheers boys, thank you. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.